What's up, guys? This is Rodney. And I'm Connor. And welcome to Caffeine and Cardboard, where you can get your weekly dose of cardboard in about the amount of time it takes to have a cup of coffee. That's right. At least for Connor to have a cup of coffee. Mine go a little faster. Um, yeah. But, and we just talk longer than that. But it's a, it's very catchy. It is, it is catchy, um, and I appreciate that. But I think 30 minutes, if we, <laughs> if we can actually keep it to that, I think that's a reasonable amount of time to have one cup of coffee. Uh, I don't think it's reasonable that we'll keep it to that, and I don't think that you should take that long to drink coffee. It's sitting there. It's waiting for you to be. It's waiting, yeah. it's waiting to be drank. But that's our first disagreement of the night. So there it is. But is it our last? No. Stay tuned. Not. Okay. So, guys, we are um, coming off the uh, war game night that we talked yeah. about on yeah. our last episode. Uh, it was super fun. We had some different games going, uh, some stuff that uh, got knocked off people's lists that they hadn't played before. Oh, yeah. Um, Cyclades, Inish, Root was a hit. You guys had a really good time. That we had a went. rousing game of Root. Mm-hmm. That's only my second play of Root. And yeah. if I had played it more, it probably would have made my top six games list. I think it's awesome. It's probably Excellent. in my top ten. I love that. I almost I actually had the same thought about Inish today. Uh, as I was shoveling my driveway, mm-hmm. I was like, if I did that list again, would I put Inish on it? Yeah. Um, guys, if you need any more convincing that board games are uh, one of the greatest ways to pass time and enjoy yourself, here's something that happened in our war game night, uh, a little game called Unmatched. In my basement, uh, there was a three-way battle taking place between Little Red Riding Hood, Dracula, and Bruce Lee. <laughs> and just the fact that that can be a thing. Uh, should be should be enough to convince you. Also, if you're mm-hmm. still needing convinced, um, what a weird podcast choice for you. But yeah, we're glad to have you. Yeah, either way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we had a good good war game, good war game night. Yeah, I I loved it. We had some like big. One of the things that was really interesting was while we were playing Inish upstairs, and everyone was playing on or the other three that were still here were playing unmatched. There were like almost like a cadence of laughter that would happen yeah. every every five to ten minutes or so yeah. just between their battle and the banter that I'm sure was going back and forth. Right. Well, um, you know, the hilarity of war is one of its underrated traits. The hilarity of that's it? That's right. Most people aren't <laughs> I haven't heard that. Yeah, I know. It's a... Is that a quote? It's That's right. Um, it's, it's, it's Sung Tzu. Yeah. I have no idea who that is. The Art of War. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways... Yep, that's right. <laughs> Here we go. So, um, what are we talking about today, Connor? What's we uh, today we are talking about board game lingo or language or terminology, basically whatever word you want to use to describe it. And uh, the reason that we're talking about this mm-hmm. um, is there's there's two main reasons. But I was having a conversation with my wife Taylor about our podcast um, and just what we were doing, and she brought up a, an interesting point of like. If people that that know and love you that want to support the podcast wanted to listen to this, mm-hmm. there would be times where they were lost as far as what we were sure. talking yeah, about. Yeah. And I don't even think we're using super lofty terms as far as our gaming, uh, not expertise, but the amount of games that we've played, I think we lose a bit of the understanding of like, yeah. oh yeah, most people don't know what that would mean. and. Um, You've listened back to stuff I haven't. Yeah. So for me, I'm sitting here thinking like, yeah, we've been, we've been pretty, you know, 
maybe we've been talking about games people don't know, but we, we probably haven't. But I also have no idea like mm-hmm. how how much of a blind spot that is, and if if there have been times where it's like, yeah, we snap into this second language. Right. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like this. We're like fluent in board game language, you know, and yeah. not fluent, but uh, very close to it in board game language. Like uh, a game can tell me that it uses a rondel system, and mm-hmm. I understand what that means. Like I don't have to go and look up rondel. Just from playing games, yeah. I understand what that means. Um, and yeah, so there's she tons was, of stuff like that. Tons yeah, and, tons. and we'll get into more of that mm-hmm. in a bit. But basically, she was like, um, more specifically, she said, if my sister Julia mm-hmm. wanted to listen to this podcast, hi Julia, hey yeah. Julia, shout out to Julia. Yeah, um, she like she would be lost at, at certain points, and that has nothing to do with Julia's intellect at oh. all whatsoever. It has no. Let's yeah. Actually, let's erase that right now because that's the the one of the biggest hangups that people have to yeah. playing games is the feeling. And I see it the most with the smartest people that, that like, I don't feel smart in this moment. It's none of what it is, yeah. okay? It's it's just that this is a its own little subculture yeah. and a weird one at that, and you you haven't been in it yet. But it's right. not, there's no, this is not an intelligence, or it's a it's an acclimation thing. And, you know, right. I know you're going to talk more about that later, about how you learn these these terms, but right. yeah, not it's an intelligence thing. Purely based on exposure to games, and I think that's what we were getting at, is kind of like, We've almost lost. We've been desensitized to some of these words as like, definitely the outlandish things that they are. Like I was thinking back to um, our top six about mechanisms, and we, mm-hmm. so we were talking about dice. And I remember in explaining like what I like about dice, I used the term uh, dice manipulation. Mm. And I was Which thinking, almost sounds like that. a crime. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that's exactly it. Is that I was thinking about having used that term, and I was like, if someone didn't have any context for what I was yeah. talking about, they would think I'm trying to coerce dice into doing 100%. my bidding. It, uh, it feels like an accusation, like this yeah. dice manipulator, Connor. <laughs> right, I'm on trial for dice <laughs> manipulation. Um, because that's just an absurd combination of two words. That's fair. But with our the, with the amount of games that we've played and just the amount that we love and are invested yeah. in games, that's not something that like catches us off guard to hear. Especially because dice manipulation is super fun. Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> it's and, but the thing is, too, is it's it's literally just as simple as I rolled this thing, yeah. and now I can play a card, or I have an action or an ability, mm-hmm. and I get to I get to change the die face, or mm-hmm. I get to remove it from the pool, or I get to do something. And so, like, there's this big lofty term, dice manipulation, that really means like, hey, that dice you rolled, just flip it over. Just turn it yeah. over once. Which, what a greater way to <laughs> get people into games than to be like... Uh, well, this is a dice manipulation game. Yeah. And they immediately look for the nearest exit. Not to take it, just to know that it's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, Taylor and I were having this conversation, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, she's she's absolutely 100% right. Like, mm-hmm. if we are trying to cater the podcast in a way to experts and beginners, then some of that beginner stuff yeah. we should not get out of the way, but be willing to, to talk about and be willing to mm-hmm. answer questions of like, hey, when you said when you said that thing, what is that what does that mean? Um, and that's kind of getting into my next yeah. part of... Uh, well, and, and let's be honest real quick. We're going to lose the experts first. The minute they start 100%. hearing us talk about how we actually go about playing games, they're going to be like, these guys are you know total schmucks and I beat them by 100 points. Right. So we're, we plan to lose anyone who would listen to this and consider them an expert. So we yeah. we might want to put all our chips in the, into uh, the, the beginner. beginners. Yeah. And Hi, Julia. Honestly. <laughs> hey again, Julia. Uh, honestly, I like that a lot. I like the idea that like our whole shtick on the podcast is too. I like that our whole shtick on the podcast would be like, how do we bring more people into the hobby and keep them? 
Yeah. Spreading the gospel of board spreading games. The, <laughs> spreading the gospel of board games. And I laugh every time you say that, but it's it really is true because I think that board games can be really intimidating to some people, and language is a part of that intimidation yeah. factor. Well, and the gospel is the good news, and in this case, the good news is that board games are not all Monopoly and Battleship, mm-hmm. and that you can have fun with them, and that they're not giant spreadsheets of a war game yes. that you find, you know, it, there's just so many, and they're so fun. And But but terms like but terms like dice manipulation and rondel and these other more lofty board game terms make them seem that way. And so if we can yeah. sort of... Less approachable. Can, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If we can strike that, if we can say, no, like, there are these terms, but once you've been exposed to them, they will click. And mm-hmm. it's that much easier to play more and more games and to enjoy them when there isn't the barrier of, like how do I know what any of these terms mean? I love that point. As I was telling uh, my wife Riley about our last podcast and mechanisms, she even said, like, you know, she, someone a few years ago who, who didn't really think she would have any interest in playing games, mm-hmm. now could almost have her own list of top six mechanisms. But she said, I don't necessarily know the names that you're saying, like what those things are, but if when what one thing I will do is I'll say, hey, this is like that part in Wingspan, and this mm-hmm. other part is like that part in... Chinatown. I don't know what game I'm describing. Sounds great. What mechanism? Yeah, is that? yeah, yeah. But um, but that's like a, a shorthand for her. Just the way that these terms have become a shorthand for yeah. us. And that can actually, yeah, it's like you're the number of games you're not only willing to play but excited to play, just like blows up exponentially. Like yeah, 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 for sure. There's the the growth factor because that barrier can get removed. Yeah. Um, and so I was thinking about, you know, how do we remove that barrier, like as more experienced mm-hmm. gamers and as, you know, guys doing a podcast, like what can we do? And I was like, I went on to Google and I was like, is there a board game dictionary? Mm. Um, there isn't. And I'm kind of glad that there's not. Because now we get to write it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that wasn't it? it. Oh. No, that wasn't the motivation for me Damn being it. happy that no board game dictionary exists. But I kind of... I don't think there should be one because I think that more experienced gamers should be responsible for teaching newcomers in the hobby what those kind of things mean instead of you know like oh i'm i'm reading a rule book because i'm going to a game night and let me just pull out my board game dictionary yeah that seems that seems way less approachable even if i was like hey we're gonna play this game so make sure you go online and do all the research and look through the board game dictionary (laughs) so that you know what all these terms are no way yeah it's got to be on the teach we'll definitely have a podcast at some point about teaching games mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and just the you know the 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 mistakes that people make and yeah. um ways to do it better uh there's already good content on that but like this is this is such a huge part of it yeah it's common speech right yeah. using language that everyone readily gets yeah so we can get the point and play the game yeah and i think part of that is us being aware to like not get jaded about things and when it comes to games like our own knowledge or experience or ability or enjoyment of playing games for that to not like block our view in any way like if someone if i'm explaining the rules to somebody and i'm like okay now take your standee or take your meeple and you move mm-hmm. it there and they're like what's a meeple mm-hmm. like my response to that question is really important because i'm, I'm like what's a meeple <laughs> yeah. what do you mean like if i if i respond like that there that's no good like i make someone feel bad right. for not knowing those words that's you know what not i found is newcomers really enjoy the word meeple yeah. So giving them a few minutes to giggle about that and uh, have a lot of legs. It's a meeple. It's, yeah. I've had that more than once, honestly. But but yeah, no, absolutely. To always approach every new experience uh, with the eyes of a beginner and a first-timer so that mm-hmm. you have the best chance of 
you know, presenting it in a way that would seem fun to them. We're, we're talking about having fun. We don't get together and yeah. stay up till, let's just say, way too late on a Friday night. 2 a.m. Like, ah, get out. We're all having fun here. Uh, just <laughs> because it's, like, you know, really intellectually stimulating. You know, I said in the last... Um, uh-huh. The last one that it does it gives you a chance to kind of flex your your strategy, you know, brain and, and things like that. But yes. if we weren't having fun, we wouldn't want to do any of this. And we and so we're trying to get across that like this is really fun. Yeah, and we aren't we aren't going to keep people in the hobby and spread the gospel of games if Love we're it. scoffing at their lack of knowledge or something. Like we just have to be, <laughs> or lack of exposure is more so. It's not even lack of knowledge. I shouldn't I shouldn't expect somebody to just use these terms in their everyday life. Right. Um, so like their lack of exposure shouldn't change the way that I approach teaching a game or explaining a term um, or whatever. So like being open to people's experience levels, I think just humili- just shows humility for one and that will make people want to come back. Um, yeah. So yeah, and that we're getting to the to the last bit of the this section. Um, basically, the advice that we would give to somebody, it's like, how do I learn these terms um, is to, play more games like it's really it's really just that simple that's how we've mm-hmm. learned these terms and this kind of came from a conversation with our coworker and a guy that was at um the war game night on friday uh he was like do you he was asking a question like do you find that the more games you play that you're like more in tune to the things that the rules are telling you to do and i was like yeah totally and he was like yeah like i just don't i don't use the word tableau in my everyday life mm-hmm. and i thought that was really funny and i was thinking yeah. about it today and i was like what possible context could I use that word right? And I was thinking about, like, uh, I uh, do the Thanksgiving prayer, like, with my family every year. And if I was like, Lord, thank you for this bountiful tableau of food, mm. I would lose those privileges immediately because <laughs> right. people would be like, nerd. Yeah, no, they wouldn't uh, allow it. Yeah. That- That's such a great idea, though, by the way, of, like, if like – if, if you lose a game, like, we don't, like, bet money on games and stuff. Mm-mm. The loser of this game has to try to fit uh, as as many board game terms into yeah. the next, you know, whatever. We work together, so there'd be no no shortage of opportunities right. to have the person have to embarrass themselves with board game terminology. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I don't know that I could use the word rondelle in a normal sentence. That would mean anything. Are you going to try to do it right now? No, not right now. Yeah. <laughs> we're... we're t- we're trying to get this done before my con. Uh oh, it's gone. Yeah, I you. Um, I think that's a good bridge. They're a pasted on theme to our top six. I'll pause for any uh, top six production music that we add in the future. <laughs> you don't have to pause. <laughs> I so, can split. I can split all the sound clips. Uh, no, so you can pause. lead us into tonight's top six. Yeah. You didn't know that game was coming. You're shook. Yeah, I had no idea. I'm but totally caught off guard. You, you, you blew her out. Zero to negative zero two. To negative two. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any uh, chance to get points outside of it not being a board game turn. That's right. Which I think there were only three of? Yeah, like three or four. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, I left one out. Uh, it was actually a woodworking ah, term. Ah, uh, was it dovetailing? It was, it, no, it was, yeah, <laughs> I, I, it was book matching. Book matched. Wouldn't have known it. Wouldn't have known I it. I would have said <laughs> book making or something. Riley would have said woodworking, I think. Yeah? And won the game. Wow. <laughs> she can have the moral victory. Um, so yeah, tonight on our top six list, uh, we're talking about themes. Our personal, we're, not, we're doing individual lists tonight uh, for top six themes. And we had a little bit of a discussion before about like, oh, is, is this thing a theme or is it more of a mechanic or is it more of the setting? 
Mm-hmm. And so maybe we'll talk about that a little bit, but we're going to jump into top six themes. Yeah, so I mean, just theme real quick. Again, having beginners in mind, right? Um, uh-huh. If you're thinking about games that are kind of more familiar to everybody, um, the theme is a lot of times has to do with the setting or what's going on, what's like the story behind the game. Yep. So Battleship, a little self-explanatory, but you got like Naval Warfare, yeah. Monopoly, I don't really know what's going on with that. There's some, there's some kind of like yeah. capitalism and and I think some have multiple. I mean, I just know there's like a dog and a thimble. I can't understand all that, but um, yeah, and, and some have multiple. And we love thinking about theme because it's like what can hook people. Right? Yeah, it's what can I, get people in. I love theme, especially when I feel like a designer can match a mechanic to fit the theme well. Mm-hmm. I think I think yeah. that's awesome. Like the coolest little puzzle that they've done in creating the game. So. Yeah, theme's one of my favorite things. It's like uh, it's like if you're going through a bookstore and you don't have anything in mind, but you're just looking around. And you're like, wow, that's a cool cover, and mm-hmm. oh, what's this book about? You know, games have a little bit of that too. Like, whoa, a game about you know blank. That's what yeah. we're talking about. Our favorite blanks. Favorite blanks. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess I'll I'll get us started with uh, with my number six. All right. I don't and know your order. I've heard no. some of them, but I don't know the order. No, I don't. I don't know yours either. I've heard a couple, but uh, number six for me is farming. Mm. So, uh, which I realize is such a bland reveal. <laughs> like, number six. Everybody was it's waiting. Farming. Yeah. Again, everybody. <laughs> All of them. All the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, farming. I mean, basically think of any Uwe Rosenberg game. Classic Agricola, great farming game. Uh, we we discussed that Catan may potentially have some farming elements, but isn't necessarily. It's a hard one to say with the theme. Yeah, hard yeah. hard to say. But uh, farming, I think, is a is a great theme, and the reason that it's fun is generally because there's some sort of engine behind it and so you can see yeah. like your resources build up and usually they have cool i i'm thinking of uve games basically like, like with the little said, resource when you pieces. can match oh and that'll be a future topic right components, oh, yeah. components. And games and how cool it is to uh hold a little wooden pumpkin in your hand uh <laughs> but when you say like oh it's like i'm planting a seed and i'll yeah. get it later like it just it is it's like it's just cool it's like yeah. a simulator um, cool. So your number six is farming. Yes. Uh, my number six is something that Connor and I said at the same time earlier when my wife asked about a certain game, and it, it's just not a cool sounding phrase, but generic fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what we're talking about here is your oh, who knows your 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 orcs, your wizards, your um, elves, elves, orbs. all that stuff. Just you know, put them in a kind of fantasy land, and mm-hmm. you know, you, most people are familiar with like. Oh, like a, like a dwarf, so he's probably like short and strong and yep. you know tough and things like that. And <laughs> games can use him in so many different ways. A lot of times it's that pasted on idea, but sometimes it really is like mm-hmm. you know really cool and fun. And I just enjoy a lot of fantasy, you know, books and movies and stuff. So oh, yeah, cool theme, generic Love fantasy. It. Love it. Uh, number five for me, and I think this does make an appearance on Rodney's list is uh, IP or intellectual property. Um, so basically anything that you've seen a movie about or read a book about that is also a game. Yeah. So uh, thinking about, there's a there's a Marvel card game sitting right next to us on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel Champions is one we mentioned earlier. Uh, Disney Villainous, mm-hmm. uh, which yep. also has a Marvel version. Uh, just, just yeah. you know, Marvel's not uh, sponsoring us or anything. We don't <laughs> own any of this. Um, but yeah, intellectual property, things that have been based off of books and movies. I yeah. think it's fun. It's super fun too when it kind of feels like it's pulling you back into the world like a movie. A good one of those movies would. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. I might have more to say about this. Maybe. In a moment. Uh, just well said. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh, my number five is, um, I just want to remind 
uh, any beginner listeners, the games are fun because so far I've said things like generic fantasy. You've said farming. Yep. And now I'm going to say history uh, or historical theme, Movie. which I realize is not uh, not everyone's cup of tea. I you know went went to school for social studies and history, so some of those things can be really interesting to me. But uh, really, I got a game behind me called Hadrian's Wall. The other day, I was reading uh, like a a little book about like church history, and um, mm-hmm. the name Hadrian was in it. And I'm like, really, the same guy? And I I think it might be. I he looks like a, a crusade kind of guy. I mean, that was a, about what what it was talking <laughs> about. So I was just kind of like, oh, that's really interesting. And we've you know we make jokes about you know Brian Brew, the High King of Ireland, and things of that nature, but. Uh, um, that that was a real person, and so it's kind of like you know it's just it's fun when you see some of that, and if you're familiar with the topic, that same kind of thing. Did they just do something thematic with like a real historical thing? That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I think that's super cool. So uh, similar for me, but not quite the same is is Western themed. I've only played really Western Legends and Great Western Trail, which both have that exact word in the title. That's I'm realizing right. in case you're um, in case anyone wasn't sure what they'd be about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I just like the idea again, kind of that you're pulled into that world, and generally like the actions that you can take are relatively similar. Like I'm thinking about Western Legends, where you can duel somebody else, yeah, um, and steal some of their money if you win, and all that stuff. So I think I think Western games actually do a particularly good job at integrating the the theme into the mechanics too. And yeah, I really appreciate that. Super fun. I I didn't have it because I uh, my number four is farming. Hey. <laughs> and it is quite a stretch, but because of the uh, livestock, uh, you know, emphasis in Great Western Trail, which is one of my favorite games, I, I was like, well, maybe I can just lump that into the farming idea, mm-hmm. right? Uh, um, because I do love that game. But, um, yeah, Western games, super fun, a cool world for people to kind of get lost in mm-hmm. and, you know, be a cowboy or be on the frontier sort of a thing. Um, farming, though, is my number four. And basically just echoing what Connor said, um, some of the first times I got wowed by gaming mechanics was was in some of those farming games and just being like, holy cow, this is so... Who who thinks of this stuff, you know? You say that a lot when you're holy cow. early on. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so farming, I uh, really enjoy that as a theme. Mm-hmm. That's my number four. Yeah. Number three for me is more of an inside joke between Rodney and I, and we've mentioned uh, both of these games already that have this theme. The only two that I know of, in fact. Um, but this is... Irish lore. Ah, Connor's a sucker. <laughs> Irish lore, uh, which I I have more professionally titled, like, culturally themed around some sort of culture or ethnicity specifically. Yeah. So I was thinking about, yes, games like Brian Baru, High King of Ireland, games like Inish mm-hmm. um, that sort of have this Western Celtic, or not Western, <laughs> Irish Celtic theme. Uh, but I also started thinking about other games that I really appreciate, like the cultural aspect of yeah. the game. So Samurai, which we already mentioned is one of those. Um, I'm looking at your shelf to uh, Pompeii, the downfall of Pompeii, yeah. somewhat a culturally themed game. Uh, Mercado de Lisboa, mm-hmm. also a culturally themed game. Uh, there was another one up there that, yeah, and I feel like that kind of falls into history too. Oh, what is that game that we played that was based on um, the the court? Something Court of Miracles. Oh, Court of Miracles. Court yeah, of Miracles yeah. is themed around like Notre Dame, the French Quarter. Um, yeah, I think I think that's really cool. Even though that game didn't necessarily hold up for us as like something super fun, like I felt right. like the theme was really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's got pretty similar to historical, but I yeah. I see the I see the distinction too. Uh, number three for me, Connor was right. Intellectual properties. I thought about making this my number one because um, I am a sucker for all things Marvel. Um, 
I am the not-so-proud former owner of some games right now, but the very proud future owner of uh, Marvel Zombies All-In Pledge. Mm -hmm. So uh, (laughs) that's just, I'm I'm a sucker for it. However, they make some pretty bad games with IPs too. Yeah, And that just kind of like uh, dilutes it a little bit, right? There there can be some real kind of mass market junk that just gets like, if somebody played it, yeah. But the only thing I would say about it that you didn't already... What a cool way to get beginners in. Yeah. Uh, Marvel's such True. a huge thing. We have a, a Harry Potter uh, game that was one of the first games that we just, like, really dove into. Like, yeah. really, we're like, whoa, this is so cool, and I can buy this card, and it's all, you know, stock movie footage, which is yeah. sometimes kind of lame, but it just totally works, I think, in that game. It's oh, super yeah. fun. Um, one, like, IP that I think has really taken off uh, recently, especially in gaming, is Dune. Yeah. It was, There's so many Dune games. It's a classic game, just yeah. Dune, and then now there are, yeah, this is just in the last year with the movie coming out and everything, but they've made yeah. all sorts of different types of games for it, yeah. Super cool. So that's my number three. Yeah, number number two for me is a little a little bit generic, but mainly so I could fit multiple games into the category. Uh, it's nature-themed. Ah. So earlier, uh, Rodney and Riley and I were having a discussion about Riley's favorite kind of games, and she listed things like Bird and mm-hmm. Cats, and I think those, like like Isle of Cats, is a is a great, fun little game. Um, but also that's, games that's like... That's actually more fantasy, too. Like, <laughs> that's cats, a weird, weird theme, but special powers. Yeah. But yeah, just nature. So I was thinking about Cascadia. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that there are a lot of... Uh, Everdell is a really interesting game to me that I haven't played, but I'm drawn in. It's a bit fantasy, but also then... We play that. We need to play that. I know. We absolutely do. I love that game. Um, But yeah, just the theme in general. Like, I don't know without looking at the box if I would be so interested in playing Everdell without the nature and the animal sort of theme around it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, My number two is trains with an exclamation point. And... uh, it's funny to say this because I am not a I'm not an 18xx guy. Mm-hmm. I I, I kind of want to play one, and I kind of value every six hour chunk of my life. So, although put a magnifying glass over that last statement, I could be I could mm-hmm. be humbled by it. So, um, trains are such a big deal in board games. Like there's I mean Ticket to Ride being like the probably the most successful example, but I also just love the idea that like it, it's just kind of a it's a it's a whimsical notion, right? Like the idea yeah. of like, train like no. Polar Express. Yeah, idea. trains yeah. obviously still exist, but mostly for the sake of cargo <laughs> and stuff. Like they're not. It's not like you know Whimsical. what you used to. You know, is a, the main mode of transcontinental transportation. Like, but it brings you back to that idea of a, of like a time and and trains. Like, hey, we're gonna hop on the train, and that's not a thing anymore. And so yeah. it's just kind of like we said, like with the old Wild West for you, yeah. um, or other things where it's like this isn't really a thing you can access in modern day and games right. allow you to just sort of like, yeah, I'm going to build my little train line or I'm going to, yeah, jump into you that know, world. invest in a train company, Irish gauge we played yeah. and, um, ride the rails is another one. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's so weird as much as board games are modernizing. I feel like there will always be a place for train games. Yeah. Oddly enough. And I, totally. I'm here for it. Um, here, yeah. One. Number one, number one, number one, Bobby Newport. <laughs> Um, number one for me is another generic one, but one that I find to be the most fun, probably the most cutthroat type of game. It's economic themed. Yeah. Um, so a game that we've talked about a lot and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about, uh, is Chinatown. That's an economic themed game. Yep. Uh, container is another one that we played that has 
quite a bland sort of idea if you're describing the actions to somebody. Cargo like, ships. Yeah, you've got this yeah. cargo and you move out here to the ocean. Again. I do too. Yeah. Um, but the economic uh-huh. uh, piece of that where it's basically like, basically any economic game you can consider the goal to be whoever makes the most money is the winner. Or takes out the most loans. <laughs> um, I haven't heard of this game. Uh, it's called Container. No. And where you win by taking out the most loans. Where you... Well, we have you a friend. It's a, it's a little bit of an inside joke. A friend who just, uh, he thought winning the game would be just take out as many loans as possible. And what he found out is that sometimes games are a good simulation for life. Uh-huh. And that's just how you get that. <laughs> right. So. right. So economic games for me are like a very, uh, very cutthroat and competitive. Mm-hmm. And I really like that aspect. Um, and, you know, negotiation. I don't know that that's a theme. I think that's a mechanism in economic games that I also really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like economic games really bring like a big... They wrap a lot of mechanisms up in a nice package that's just so fun to play. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, And my last one, my number one, is the natural world. Hey! Nature, the natural world. Um, Just there are so many games about um, things that seem bland. Uh, You just can walk outside and see them. Wingspan was one though where it's like it was it subverted so many expectations just Mm -hmm. a a game about birds but it was like it's almost like you want to just keep seeing cards come out so you can see the new birds and you can see um the like you said Cascadia just looking around a little Mm -hmm. bit even something like Fox in the Forest and little fox you know drawings and stuff it's just it's 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 very cool it's very wistful it's very just like the artwork is usually just incredible incredibly gorgeous uh, even on small box games like A Fox in the Forest or Trails. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just is. It, it, it's it's approachable to anyone, and it's, you know, beauty in nature. And look at that. You can experience beauty in nature while playing card games inside. <laughs> so, But it is. It's, it's a way that theme can, you know, transcend the table and just get you thinking about stuff. Hey, we should, yeah. go, we should go camping sometime or just any of those kind of things. Yeah. Like, it just gets on your mind it's in a inspiring. cool way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it for our uh, top, six. top six on theme and for our discussion on board game language lingo. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Say bye. Oh, goodbye. So now... It's going. Go? Yeah, it's going. Just, yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, now brown cow. How? How now brown cow? That's not it. That's not it. <laughs> Is it ow? Ow. Um. Okay. Here we go. Thanks, Riley. <laughs> That's the intro song. There you go. Just heard clapping. Pause. I was gonna say pause for uh, future intro mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, can, you don't have to say what's up, guys. You can say hello. You can say howdy, y'all. Uh, salutations. Like... This, no, that's not going to right. Salutations. <laughs> All right, here we go. My phone is staffing. It's a microphone. You're being recorded right now. Look. Yep. You see that ring? We can hear your voice. Yep. You're going to be on me and your dad's podcast. Oh. What do you want to say? Do you like games? Yeah. What's your favorite game, Wyatt? Uh... Don't just look at the one on the table. <laughs> that game. <laughs> uh, I like dice. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's his number one mechanic. That'll be it his sounds like bonus episodes. It's I like dice. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs>
cursive caffeine and cardboard.